it needs to be a mindset thing. So if I'm worshipping, my posture is different than if I'm performing. So if I sing the wrong notes or I forget the lyrics, I'm not going to stress about it. I won't freak out. Whereas with a performance, you're like, oh my gosh, I did that wrong. Everyone's probably laughing at me, whatever. But that all comes back to the positioning of your heart, which is very important, especially in a team that's a little bit more lean. So I think it's just communicating that constantly. So even though our team is very lean at the moment, musically, I don't think anyone feels that way because they feel comfortable to approach if they need a break and they know that they know the position from which they're serving God from. Welcome to the Worship Gear Podcast, where we discuss all things worship and have special guests that dive into topics that will help you grow your Christian faith. Thank you for joining us on this new episode by your host, Diego Domingo. Welcome back to the Worship Gear Podcast. We are so excited. We have had so much good testimonies and good stories about the episodes that we've released so far. And we are really excited to walk this journey with you. Welcome back, Ali. Welcome back, Jamie. So good happy to, to see you guys. So good to be back. We're going to talk about worship versus performance. So we've mm. gone through what is worship. We've gone through some worship fails and how we handle fails. But now there's this discussion of worship versus performance when is it worship how do you worship and how do you not allow it to become a performance Ali, i sent a group message earlier like a couple of weeks ago about a guitarist or a worship leader that was asking someone to come on for a sunday they needed a bass guitarist on a sunday and they were willing to pay x amount of money they said dm for payment details and it's three songs and stuff so, but to me, that feels like a job now. It, it feels like a performance rather than you belonging to a church and actually worshiping. So yeah. how do we distinguish between mm. worship and a performance? For me, worship is on a Sunday. In our context of singing and making music in church, it's about authenticity. Mm. So I have a relationship with Jesus that translates in hopefully in everything I do on platform, the way I sing, the way I lead the church in worship. Number one, if, I'm, if I believe the lyrics that I'm singing, that I'm speaking over our church, that I'm singing to Jesus, if I wholeheartedly, authentically believe what I'm singing, there's that element of authenticity mm-hmm. that comes through. There's another word. When you're so engrossed in the truth of the message of those lyrics, the word slips to me. But, but it's that, it's, it's that absolute authenticity of understanding the content of the songs, applying it to your life, and singing from a place of believability, because I believe it. It's not, oh, I'm just singing these words because they sound great, or it's actually part of who I am. And that will shine through on a Sunday. When I sing on stage, you know, I'm even sitting here, I'm trying very hard not to move because I bounce a lot. I move a lot. So on stage, I clap, I jump. If I could cartwheel, I would. <laughs> but that's part of how I express worship. Somebody might interpret that as performance because she, you, this guy moves a lot, you know, like, no, it's not choreography. It's not, it's not dance moves. This is just external expression of Number one, my love for Jesus, the song, especially in the fast songs, encouraging participation and clapping and encouraging the church to actually just move and express themselves physically with their bodies in song. So essentially for you, it's, it's believing the word you are singing 
engaging in that and you worshiping yourself. That's because it. that helps to lead the congregation then into worship. That's it. But before we go to Jamie, I want to ask you this because we touched, or I mentioned that there were some guys that were asking for payments That's or right. a salary for worship. Now, you are employed by the church. Mm -hmm. So by definition, you get a salary. Yeah. Your portfolio is worship related because yeah. you are the worship leader for this specific campus. So how does somebody externally look and say, no, but you get paid to play yeah. on a Sunday. You get paid to play saying, so aren't you just doing a job? Glad you asked. So part of my portfolio is to coordinate worship at this campus, like you say, and to then lead worship on a Sunday and ensure that there is strength on platform. So firstly, this is what I do every single time I take that platform. I take a moment to observe our church, i.e. our community, and I take a deep breath and I thank Jesus for every single person who is in this building today to come and worship him. So I see it as an opportunity. I don't see it as work. I get on stage. I lead worship. Yes, I'm paid for it, but it's not work. First and foremost, this is a calling. Mm, 100%. It's, it's, it's part of my DNA. It's who I am. I've been a worshiper since I can remember since I was three, four years old. And that is just, it's in me. It's part of who I am. I learned at a very young age the difference between performance and worship. My mom has a big role to play in that because she led by example and taught me that. So on stage, yes, I'm paid to be there. But it's the love for Jesus. It's the love for my church, for my community. It's the love for singing and making music that glorifies God. So I don't see it as work. And my responsibility is on a Sunday, there's no pressure. My responsibility is just to lead the church in worship. I have to prepare in the week, just like every single volunteer who is not paid. I have to come prepped. I need to know my chords. I need to know the melody. I need to know the lyrics. I need to know the arrangement and the feel and what my goal is as a worship leader for that day, where I want to take the song. So I have to do all the prep work that everybody else on platform has to do. There's nothing different. I am not judged or evaluated, or based on a performance. I can't be performance appraised for a Sunday based on, oh, did Ali sing on key, on pitch? Did the church respond in worship? That's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to come well-prepped, to execute worship the best I can, just like everyone else, and God must do the rest. That's so there's no pressure. Yeah. That's actually so great that you mentioned that because it's church culture then That's that right. defines that because in a normal job, I mean, Jamie, you're a corporately employed person, so you're not employed by your church or anything like that. So worship for you is a volunteer basis mm -hmm. as a worship leader. But that, like Alice said, it takes the pressure off because in a corporate environment, when this becomes your job or when you have a performance, you get evaluated on it. Did I do well? Did I draw the crowd? Did yeah. the crowd engage? Did we do everything that we were supposed to do? Yeah. Did I tick all the boxes? Yes or no. And if I didn't do that, then my manager or my boss or whoever's paying me is going to reprimand me and I might lose this gig because that's what it is then. It's a gig. Jamie, how do you balance corporate life versus worship? Because your corporate life is where you have to perform and do mm -hmm. your job, but worship and church and so because like Alice says, he's got time during the week because it forms mm -hmm. part of his function. But you coming from a, a place where you have work every day, you can only get off after five and then it's home and then it's cooking and all the normal home stuff. Like, how do you balance that and not end or resenting worship and oh, I've still got to do this for Sunday? Or mm -hmm. I think in one of our first episodes, I was talking about how, you know, worship is 
in your everyday life. So for me, it's very important to be intentional about that. Obviously, I serve on team. I'm a worship leader. I'm part of the leadership team in the worship team. So I need to intentionally create space in my week to just sit with that. You know, to if I'm on on a Sunday, I need to prepare, learn the lyrics, listen to the songs. I think it's so habitual for me because it's part of my routine already. So in the morning on the way to work, I listen to worship music. In the afternoon on the way from work, I listen to worship music. So it's always, I think it's just ingrained in my everyday life already. But in the beginning, I had to be very intentional about it. You know, I do like listening to KFM. So I had to be like, no, but you need to listen to, I can't expect my team to show up on a Sunday knowing the songs and the lyrics, but I don't. And then also an important part of worshiping is connecting with people. Sometimes you're so exhausted and it's difficult to like at the end of the day, make space and time to, you know, respond to messages. But you have to actually make space to do that because like we said also in our previous episode, I think on a Sunday, I can't show up serving my church, serving my team, but I haven't spoken to any one of those people in the week. Yeah. Yeah. Just becoming intentional. And again, this is like back to episode one where worship is sacrificial. Yes. That takes a That's sacrifice. It. And I think for, I mean, I'm, I'm very blessed and very fortunate, or we are fortunate to have an international audience. Like there's this whole cultural dynamic as well, because here in South Africa, we've got a culture of volunteers in church, I would call it that. Whereas internationally, specifically in the US, I see a lot of people that get paid to play. I see a lot of adverts going out. I see a lot of things where, as a musician, I would get paid to play the 8 a.m. service here and then the 11 o'clock service somewhere else and then the 6 p.m. service somewhere else. And that's a job for me. What's a message to to those guys? What is your encouragement to them? Because then it is a job. Then it is, yes, this is what I do to sustain myself. And I understand that everybody needs money. You need to, We need, do need to pay bills. True, yeah. That we have to buy food. We have to pay rent. We have to buy like housing. Things cost money. So when music is your job what is your advice for someone like that of how do i keep the authentic worship while still maintaining my work essentially i think at the end of the day it really boils down to relationship with jesus if those session musicians who are specifically playing in churches have a good relationship with god who keep the main thing the main thing and that is focusing on jesus making sure that they're playing in those churches with the heart and the attitude and approach of I'm here to assist and equip this church, this local church who doesn't have a guitarist. I'm equipping this church down the road who doesn't have a pianist. I'm assisting them temporarily till they can fill that gap, till they can raise someone up to to actually serve in their local community. There's nothing wrong with it. I just think, yes, it's money. Yes, it's a job. But to see it from the point of view and to approach it with the heart of, I'm yet to assist the local church. One's called to be an arm and a leg and a foot and a hand. We know that scripture. And perhaps that body is lacking an arm. And perhaps you as the session guitarist are that arm temporarily. That's great. You're filling a void. You're meeting a need. And you're just getting paid for it. You're blessed. (laughs) But when it becomes a job and a slog and you forget about Jesus in the mix and you forget about this is community upliftment, I'm making an impact, I'm making a difference. I think it's those key things that help to ground us and remind us who we are in Christ and what we're actually doing with the music that we've been gifted with. 
That's good because it's serving from a place of overflow. Yeah. And I think that's what we need to stay so grounded in as worshipers or worship leaders. And this goes to any ministry in the church. It actually goes to anyone who's who's ministering in some form or capacity, whether it's just talking to someone in the street, is you've got to talk from a place of overflow. Mm. And the only way you get that overflow is if you fill yourself. That's it. You can't minister to someone if you are empty, yeah. Yeah. you can't give someone from an empty cup. And a good routine, I mean, I'm starting to follow this Bible in a Year program because mm -hmm. I want to try and work through the Bible. And we start from the beginning. And I'm a very lazy reader, so I like the audiobook stuff. And I'm listening to audio podcasts now. So I do that when I drive or I do that in the morning or when I'm busy doing something. I put my earphones in and I listen to the word. That's the way I get it. And then some things pop up and you obviously meditate on that or you focus on that or I go re-listen or I go read in depth and I go study something. And that's how I keep myself spiritually filled. So I think it's crucially important that anyone who is in a ministry continues to keep themselves filled yeah. so that they can worship or minister from a place of overflow. Mm. And I think, Jamie, your team's probably got the biggest challenge because then there's another thing called burnout that we all get every now and then. You've got a team who are, who are very stretched at the moment in terms of we don't have everything that we need, so we have people that are serving every Sunday. And burnout can become a thing where now I'm not serving anymore. Now I'm just doing this because I have to be here on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So that, how do we protect our teams from that? So we always take it back to relationship. You need to be secure in your relationship with God and make sure that you're spending enough time with God. And as a core leadership team, we are very open to if at the moment we only have for instance one basis if that basis approaches us and says listen yeah i need a break i'm exhausted that's okay like we won't force them to be on i also think it becomes important here performing there's a standard of perfection whereas serving and worshiping there's not mm. so i think if you think about it if we go back to the whole performance versus worshiping if you're putting so much pressure on yourself because you want to, obviously we want to do well because what we're doing is an offering to God, but there should never, it should never be, it needs to be perfect. And yeah. that's very evident in our team. So you serve to, in your capacity. We won't trust you on every Sunday. So some Sundays we don't have a full team, which is also okay. We rely on the loop, but it needs to be a mindset thing. So if I'm worshiping, my posture is different than if I'm performing. So if I sing the wrong notes or I forget the lyrics. I'm not going to stress about it. I won't freak out. Whereas mm. with a performance, you're like, oh my gosh, I did that wrong. Everyone's probably laughing at me, whatever. But that all comes back to the positioning of your heart, yeah. which is very important, especially in a team that's a little bit more lean. So I think it's just communicating that constantly. So even though our team is very lean at the moment, musically, I don't think anyone feels that way because they feel comfortable to approach if they need a break and they know that they know the position from which they're serving God from. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong per se with performances in general. We've mm. got several people on our team who they perform for their day job. And then we did, well, I actually watched the video at the end of last year when everybody was doing the Christmas carol services and, you know, like everybody, some people go overboard with that. Some people don't go yeah. that overboard. <laughs> um, when people, I also want to be in a church where like I get a tightrope and I come sailing down. <laughs> Listen, that, sure looked, that, that looked that. amazing. I, I saw those. those. Those looked incredible. Yeah. And I actually saw a guy do a commentary on that. And he said that, you know what, at times it's actually okay to do things like that because now you are actually inviting people in. In our church, specifically Christmas, that Christmas week is where we have 
the most attendance out mm. of any week. I mean, exactly. I think we, what did we do? Like three, 4,000 people on that weekend or across that entire, but it was it was quite a large number yeah. of people that come to church because they come for the performance. Yeah. We're doing an, a carols performance and it's completely different from when we do worship. I mean, we had rehearsals for weeks before that. Yeah. We had a set time for this is your show. This is when you're doing this. So it's, it's a completely different experience from a Sunday morning worship set. Whereas now we are strict we need to hit this cue, we need to hit that cue, and it gets feedback, and it gets, okay, can we change this? Can we do this a little bit better? But in the same breath, that performance had a message behind yeah. it. And that's the context of a church. We had a message, and we saw an incredible number of salvations even that's, through that. So yeah. it's not always a bad thing to have a performance mm. as long as the heart and the message is Correct. right. Yeah. yeah, Talking about the Carol's production, you know, we had a cast of actors they all love Jesus. They all prayed before the time. Yes. Before each service, we, we would pray and huddle and whatever. And in as much as it's a scripted acting, it's performance, the love of Jesus just oozes out of mm. them. Even in that performance, we had a full band with a choir. Man, we were singing carols. We were worshiping. To unchurched people, this is a production, mm. even the music side of it. And yes, it was well-produced, in inverted commas, but we were still worshiping. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it was wonderful. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Everything we do is to, we all have one common purpose, is to bring the lost to Jesus. So people may think like everything we do on a Sunday, it's so flashy, like there's lights, there's cameras, there's action. production. <laughs> lights, cameras, action. action. <laughs> <laughs> but that is to reach one common goal. Like it's more attractive to someone to walk into a room that looks alive and absolutely. fun, yeah. like, you know, than to walk into a room that looks dead. And it's just because we do that at church or in our modern church setting doesn't mean that it becomes a production then because we know that our hearts are still in the right place. Yeah. So it always goes back to where's your heart at? I want to take the conversation in a slightly different direction because we focused a lot about worship teams and worship musicians and mm. things like that. But I want to talk a bit more to the congregation. Mm. A lot of the times, and, and this is actually the sad reality of what we're seeing in churches nowadays is, and the Bible speaks about the end times where you'll get a lot of false teachers and false prophets. Now, we're not here to call out anybody. We're not going to name and shame any churches or anything. <laughs> Just kidding. Not today. No, not today. Yeah, no, no, no. We can okay, do that. fine. Yeah. But uh, I want to talk to the congregation of, if you're sitting in a church and you see that this is becoming a performance Sunday after Sunday, because like you said, Jamie, you can see the different posture between someone is worshiping and someone is performing. Mm. So when it becomes a performance day in, day out, I've seen churches that charge money to come sit in the front row. You can be a VIP by buying a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's beyond me. <laughs> but the Bible says that freely the message was given. Yeah. So freely the message should be received. So I want to talk to that congregation. What do we, how do we encourage people like that who are starting to see, hey, maybe I'm feeling like this isn't normal. Maybe I'm feeling that this is just a routine and we're doing this just for the entertainment value. What encouragement can we give to those congregation members yeah. to say, don't lose hope and don't lose your faith? You know, firstly, if we're speaking directly to those people who have those concerns at times, is it typically, you know, it, for example, uh, you know, somebody comes to church, they see the lights, 
they see the haze or the fog or the smoke and they might think, wow, this is performance because that's all you knew. When you go to theater productions or you see all these lights or you go to a concert, this looks like a concert. This isn't church. Perhaps your only experience of church is hard wooden pews with just normal room lights, you know, and perhaps all you know is pipe organs or just a piano. Maybe you're not used to a drum kit and an electric guitar as part of church. So because of your prior experience, you immediately have your back up against the wall and say, this can't be from Jesus or this this can't be church. This is worldly. This is worldly. Yeah. The same thing with somebody coming to church, seeing Alistair leading worship on stage. But he must be performing because he's, he's, he's jumping. Shirts, his yeah. shirt's not um, buttoned up. Because he's not, he's not wearing a tie, <laughs> maybe. Or he's jumping around a lot. So it, jumping must equate to performance. Yeah. No. Because of your pre-exposure to church or your idea of what it should be based on your history, now you're coming to church with tainted glasses and all you see is you know, if I had to pair, put a pair of glasses on that tinted blue, all I'm going to everything is going to be filtered through those blue lenses and I'm just going to see in part. I'm not going to see the whole full HD, you know. Take those lenses off, that blurred vision. So if you find yourself in that place of you're very critical and you're very judgmental of what church should be and this isn't what church should be, this can't be, take a breath, take a step back, humor me, humor yourself, just take your glasses off and just for one Sunday, try and take it to the Word of God. Is the doctrine that's been preached sound? Yeah. Do the lyrics of the songs match what the Bible says? Is it truth yeah. according to Scripture? Okay, cool. Who are these people worshiping? Jesus, 100%. Okay, start checking those checkboxes against the Word of God instead of what you see with your eyes and what you expect it should look like according to your preference. I also think have a conversation with someone. Yeah. I think if you're wearing those blue lenses, it's difficult to see the other side to it. Have a conversation with a member that regularly attends that church or a volunteer and they can provide you insight as to why we do the things we do. I know a lot of people that come from more traditional churches, they do question the way we do church. Absolutely. And I'm yeah. always happy and open to have that conversation. Mm. And then after the conversation, people like that tend to understand. I think it's just important that we as Christians provide the clarity. And, yeah. and to hold grace for people Correct. like that. You can never get annoyed or frustrated when people worship like yeah. this in your church. I don't, mean, don't you? sometimes <laughs> I'm like, that's enough I now. Mean, <laughs> I'll like, stare you down. Like, like, <laughs> it, at first glance, you're like, woo, okay, Anki, you, you, you're, you're a jump little uncle, angry. Jump, uncle. Jump, jump a little. <laughs> Listen up. But you know what? Time after time, I see that person Week in and week yes. out, eventually relax. Eventually a tear forms. Mm. Just because they have an exterior posture like this, which does ooze anger and frustration and I'm not going to worship. But you never know what's, you going, don't on know what's going on inside. Yeah. So that's why I say for us in the modern church where we have lights and we have a full band on stage, hold grace for people. Yeah. And the other side of the coin, Diego, is if you are in a church and your little spider senses are tingling and you're just feeling like, wow, the preacher is perhaps very performance. He or she seems to perform more than speak truth in the Word of God. The way it's being brought across, or wow, this worship team, this band is very much 
from a performance point of view, it doesn't seem authentic. Again, you know, that's the other side of it. You also need to have wisdom. And, and if you have a check in your spirit, take it to the word of God. 100%, you know, yeah. is, is the doctrine sound? Is it just the way they are approaching the platform and executing what they're doing? Or is there a deeper something happening where they actually are performing and have lost their way? Yeah. Perhaps they're not grounded and rooted in Jesus and walking in humility. Perhaps pride has crept in. You know, you can love Jesus and still walk in pride. Yeah. It's a big one. We all struggle with things, and, and that's the, the beauty of what grace is. Yeah. My grace is sufficient for you. God knows that we're going to struggle. God knows that we're going to go through doubts, through fears, through a whole bunch of circumstances, but His grace is sufficient. That's it. And I think, it, like you touched on it a little bit, but I always encourage people, go and test, not directly test what your, your pastor or anything is saying, but go back to the Word. Go read it for yourself. Yeah. Go see did what the pastor saying does that mm. match up with what the word and what is the revelation you don't go there to to fact check the pastor mm. or did the pastor read no. the, the correct words and the correct version or things like that <laughs> yeah. what you're doing is you're going to read it again so that you can go study the word so that the word can speak to you because yeah. god's word is a living word yeah. and you can give a different message to everybody using the same scripture mm-hmm. verse and I think that's also really key is for people to always go back. Don't be afraid to ask questions. I would encourage you, if you don't understand something that the pastor said, ask. The door should always be open for you to ask a question if you don't understand or even send us a message. We'll try and find you an answer. Mm-hmm. We don't have all the answers, but we'll try and help. But go back to the word. What yeah. does the word of God say? Yeah. And I think the other point of that I was going to make was, yes, our churches, modern churches, have the fancy lights and the fancy equipment and things like that, but the world is performing. We should not follow the world. 100% correct. I do agree with people that say that, yes, you shouldn't be doing what the world is doing. You shouldn't be having concerts and like have a jewel in your church just to attract the youth, the young people. That's not the purpose. If we are doing the word and we are having the message, then that should be what attracts the young people. But that doesn't stop us from being the example to the world. Because at the moment, a lot of churches are following the world standard, like world has concerts. Taylor Swift has a big stage and she has five million LED screens and things. It doesn't mean we have to. But what we can do as a church is we can set an example for the world. So we can have excellent production. We can have excellent musicians. We can have people that serve excellently. And I think that's the key. Serve in excellence. Because a lot of the time in the world, you don't serve in the world. I do this, I get paid, and if I don't get paid, I go and strike. But if you come with a servant heart, that is a thousand times better, yeah. and you'll have so much more of a better experience. There are so many Christians out there who serve in their local church and actually work in a production environment, and they perform way better than what your normal person does because they have a servant's heart. And I think that's what emulates Jesus, is our servant's heart yeah. that our yeah. volunteers have in our local churches. And that for me is amazing. And that's what I love about serving in church. It is service and it's a sacrifice. And you hit the nail on the head and Jamie spoke about it earlier, you know, performance versus excellence. Yeah. Mm. I would much rather live in excellence than in perfection. Sorry, that's the word I was looking for. Perfection versus perform. um, Excellence. excellence. (laughs) Because performance is perfection. I'm striving, I'm striving, I'm striving, I'm striving. And I'm I'm never meeting the goal because it's unattainable. But approaching the platform from excellence, Mm. man, 
I'm doing my best. I'm going for vocal lessons. I'm expanding my knowledge on music, on guitar playing or piano playing or whatever. Sharpening my tools mm -hmm. as often as I can. Prepping in the week. Seeing how I can add value to the rest of the yeah. team. And spending time with Jesus. All those things make for excellent worship, not perfect worship. And if we live in that grace, man... The platform becomes a beautiful habitation where the whole team flourishes because there is peace, yeah. there is kindness, there is joy, there is gentleness, there is self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is so evident because everybody is functioning from a place of excellence and fruit bearing rather than performance and perfection where there's frustration and anger and bitterness and hatred and yeah. everybody's just with each other because you didn't prep and no, 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 and it becomes this horrible cat fight yeah. week in and week out because you're trying to outshine me and yeah. you know then it just becomes so performance driven any closing thoughts jamie i think i'll just add to what ali said oftentimes i have friends and family from a whole lot of different spaces so oftentimes i do get asked like why do you go for vocal lessons if you're not performing why do you practice so much if you're not performing and my response is always because my gift is my offering to God. Mm. And why yeah. would I not grow that gift if it's for Jesus? You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. God gave us a gift that we need to hold to a high standard. So you need to be always strive to be better. That's and we're it. not striving to be perfect. We're striving to serve with excellence because what I do on a Sunday directly impacts the congregation, which is why I strive to do it excellently, not perfectly. Yeah. I think we're going to put that on a t-shirt. Excellent worship, not perfect worship. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, we all need that. That's, that's, that's a perfect <laughs> a good reminder. That's, that's actually a perfect saying to kind of conclude this conversation yeah. is that we, we serve a God of excellence. And excellent doesn't always mean perfect. Excellent yeah. means giving your best. And I think that's uh, very much uh, what we see in our youth specifically. We gave the youth an opportunity to, or sorry, you gave the youth an opportunity <laughs> to, to serve one Sunday evening. And, they weren't perfect. Yeah. They made mistakes. They had guitars out of tune, but they served with excellence. Man, it was beautiful. They worshipped yeah. with excellence. Yeah. And I'm not knocking the youth or anything like that for not being perfect, but that is such a good example of what we should be learning and what we should yeah. be trying as worship leaders. Is they took that platform and they said, we're going to worship. We're going to lead our congregation. to worship. We're going to use this opportunity that we have been given to win souls. Doesn't matter if my guitar is out of tune. Doesn't matter this. I am going to play as excellently as I can. Yeah. I'm going to do this as excellently as I can. So I want to end off with that. You want to say something, Jamie? You have I just wanted to add, I would rather be in a worship service where it's excellent, not perfect. Like there's a few wrong notes or someone messes up the lyrics, but it's anointed than being in a set where everything's perfect, but everyone's just standing there, you know, and God's yeah. not moving. Yeah. And if and all that, the worship services are perfect, when are we going to get worship fails? Exactly. <laughs> we won't <laughs> have any. <laughs> we need those bloopers. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that's my closing thought. And I, I love how you put it, Ali. Excellent worship, not perfect worship. Thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to the next conversation where we'll be tackling some more worship questions. Yeah, always fun. Thank you. Thank you. The Worship Gear podcast is produced by the Worship Gear production team. Video editing by Jason Hunts. Audio editing, artwork, and music by Rebecca Funsale. If you'd like to support Worship Gear, you can visit the link in the show notes and subscribe to our social media channels. This is the Worship Gear podcast. Thank you 
for listening.